And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. No, ladies and gentlemen, he is not asleep. He is actually getting ready to go to Ireland because that is Bellator coming up soon, and he's going to sit there and wear those glasses given to him by the Energizer Boys. My man, what's happening? We got some fights to talk about. It was Noche UFC. And there was a lot of Noches winning. <laughs> the night the night was crazy. Had all kinds of stuff happening. Mm. What'd you think? I thought it was um I thought it Don't was Don't say a, it. I, what'd you ask me what, you, what I thought then, if you didn't want me to answer it? It was uh Come on. There was uh, a couple good fights. There was a couple uh, not so they weren't great, and then there was just some. I think more just a lot of conversation and <clears throat> in negative talk. I think from whether commentary, whether from just overall, just I don't know. Hold just, hold it's, Are you saying that Dominic Cruz cannot? I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, uh, no, it was uh, it was good though. Uh, there was some good fights, you know, like. The back and forths, the close fights, those type of things, they they can get a little frustrating to watch because you you want to see a little bit more action, but there's a lot of uh, strategy involved. They're not pulling the trigger. They are pulling the trigger. One person's got to go for it. Otherwise, they're going to probably lose, lose a close decision. They're both in their mind. One's okay with going not going for it and just kind of seeing what happens. The other person wants to get after it. It's just, There's a lot of back and forth. I mean... You want something more to happen, but you know how much is on the line when the title's on the line. When there's, but man, there was some. I, I'll express my frustration with some of them, but then I'll also get a lot of love for a lot, you know, for some other ones. But uh, before we get started, though, go to WayneInMerch.com, WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our apparel there. Go to OnlyFans.com/slash/WayneIn, subscribe to us over there. It is free. We are offering all our extra content on OnlyFans.com/slash/WayneIn. It is free. So subscribe to us over there. Um, John, let's go ahead and start breaking down this fight, man. Let's talk right about it. Um, <clears throat> the very first one, Alexei Grosso and Valentina Shevchenko. Like, what were your thoughts going into that fifth round? Was it a tie? Was it tied two two in your mind? I had a t- I had a tied two two. Okay. I did. I thought uh, going in, I thought the fourth round was close, but I thought that uh, if you were looking at it, Grasso did just a little bit better. Had the had a little bit harder shots. But it was a close fight. You, you go back and Valentina won the first round. Grasso won the second round. Valentina wins the third round. And it was a back and forth battle with, you know, who was landing the better shots. Even when Grasso put Valentina down in the second round, I think it was, she was off balance too. It was a good shot. It was a good right hand, but she was already going backwards. And so it just put her back. That's why she did the roll. She gets up and she did a good job of defending herself throughout it. But you got to give it to Grasso. It's the the difference being in this, and I don't know when you're when you're watching it if you're thinking the same thing. But Grasso gets hit; she absorbs the shots better than Valentina Shevchenko. She takes a big shot and makes it like it's nothing. She took big shots to the body, took some kicks to the body. That Josh, you know, when you get hit with a damn kick that's open. Your arm misses it. It hits your ribs. I don't give a shit if it's the toes, the the top of your foot, the shin. It all hurts. You feel it. 
and she you know just walked right through it like you know didn't didn't even give ground didn't take time to step back and take a breath and i was like man i'll tell you what she takes a big shot she takes a hard shot and she just keeps on coming and she did that throughout the fight she got hit with the jab repeatedly i thought that was one of the best weapons that valentina had but she handled it well you know it made valentina win rounds no doubt about it and i thought valentina's grappling you know grasso has gotten so much better with her grappling because valentina used to really dominate people you know on the ground she was known as a striker but she was really good with her ground and alexa grasso you know nullified a lot of what she did there were moments where you can take a look and say well shevchenko was trying to put submissions on grasso there was moments that grasso was trying to put submissions on shevchenko but when it got to the you know end of the fourth round i thought they had an even fight now mm-hmm. when you say even it's even on the scorecards i i would say within those four rounds if i was just going to you know utilize something like one does or pride used to and say you know what? I think that one fighter's a little bit ahead of the other. I would have said Chevchenko was a little bit ahead with, you know, the the scoring that she did, but it was even on the scorecards the way, you know, it is under the unified rules and and going into the 5th round, I thought that Valentina was looking very good for the first 3 minutes, 3 and a half minutes. She was doing very well. She was landing that jab She was the one controlling the fight. She was ahead until she made the same kind of mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, she did the spinning, I think it was the spinning back kick that got her in In trouble in the first fight. And this one, she goes, well, you know, she grabs a hold of the head. You see Grasso slip that. And as soon as that head slips out and she's got her back and it was all downhill, if you're going to say for Shevchenko from that point. You know, she didn't land anything. She didn't do anything good as far as there was nothing for it. She was put into submission positions. The submissions didn't work. You know, she took shots. And from that point, it was all Alexa Grasso to the end of the round. The real question is, do I give that round a 10-8? No, I don't. I don't don't see that as a a score in this. And I think when you're looking at, you know, judges and what they're looking at, there's, you know, differences in rounds and so that first round close round but it go i I had it going to shevchenko Mm -hmm. second round a little bit disparaging because you had the knockdown even though i i I think it was more off balance but it hurt her there was times when you saw shevchenko get hurt in that fight and the second round was one of them but a little bit better than the first round but you can't give it a 10-8 you know and i think by the end of that fight, Mike Bell is the judge that gave the 10-8. He was looking, saying that, you know what, she was close to putting her away with that. And that's why he gives her the 10-8. I don't agree with it. I don't think it was a 10-8, but I thought it was clear that it was Alexa Crasso that wins that round. Even though Shevchenko, I don't care how much time you're winning the round. It's how much are you winning it by. And you could lose a round that you win four and a half minutes of in 30 seconds you could end up losing that round based upon damage taken shots taken zero offense and you're getting blitzed i thought the chevchenko lost that 
round, and I would have given it to Alexa Grasso, and I would have had Grasso winning the fight. So you had it one for Valentina, two for Grasso. No, three. one three for Valentina and two four for uh, Grasso. Got okay. I was did I get to three? I said two was Grasso, right? And then, okay, anyway, you you said you had one four for Valentina. Yeah. No, I said one. I said you had round one for, as in for her, not <laughs> okay, not for. Anyways. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. So everything I I think everything you said was pretty on point, man. Good job, John. Way to cover well, it. Thank you. Good. Are good. We let's done? move on. Next fight. <laughs> no, <Okay>. it was. Uh, <laughs> I thought she. Um. I thought Valentina seemed like she was the faster fighter, the more assertive fighter, the one that was pushing on the pace a little bit, trying to get in her grill. What I was very impressed by was Alexa Grosso's, um almost like stoic face where she just didn't seem phased by anything that was Come going on. Come on, dude. You got to admit, yeah. some of those shots were hard and she just walked through them. There was a moment there where I think in the end of the first um, she had got like taken down and she had like the double chest wrap kind of, but she was in her guard and you could tell that she was just holding a position to try to figure out what was, what she needed to get done or what kind of Valentina was going to give her. But the camera hit right on her face and there was no expression, not like, you know, or oh, I'm trying to hold no, no tension, nothing. I don't know. It's, I, I, I have never met Alexa Grosso, but she seems like someone who is just not there to fuck around. She's a savage. Yeah. There's I, no doubt she's got that thing it, about her that she has that inner fire that I'm just going to be here till I fuck you up. Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird um I don't know. I you I guess sometimes I've I've seen it from guys. Guys some guys have that little bit of a, you know, they're just that's the way they are. Yeah. Um but I I haven't seen it from a female fighter that has been that way. Um, it just seems like there's nothing really that bothers them. They just kind of come out and just do their thing. They're, I don't know. She just she has she has something going on that's just driving her and pushing her. And where I saw the difference last night was, even though Valentina was looking like she was landing the she was landing some good shots, they never looked like they landed as hard as Alexa Grasso's. Yeah. Alexa Grasso also she would take the shot and still move her head and keep boxing. And so after she got hit, it was almost like Valentina expected her to kind of wilt and step away. Where Alexa, she got hit, and then she just threw her combination anyways, like a boxer would. I got hit a little bit. It's okay. I'm going to keep throwing my combination, and that combination landed, and that was the last thing the judges saw. And Valentina didn't absorb, like you said. She didn't absorb the shots as well as Alexa Grasso did. Every time she got hit, it pushed her back. It made her take a step back. It made her circle left or right. I mean that's a very that's a very um, smart fight IQ on Valentina Shevchenko's part, but that's the last thing I see from a judge as a judge in the exchange between the two of you. You hit a good jab, sure that snapped her head back, but then she hit you with a two piece. I'm gonna go with the person that hit you with the two piece, especially the one that made you go backwards. And so she then became the one dictating the pace of the fight, which it every time I'm watching the fight, I'm like, no, Valentina's dictating the pace of the fight. She's stepping forward. She's sticking the jab in the face. She's, but Alexa Grasso was making her move and hitting her with some good hard shots. It was a, it was a weird it was a weird and hard fight for me to judge, because Alexa didn't do as much. She didn't seem as active. But when she did land, it seemed like it landed effectively, and it made Valentina take a step back. Um, I thought the two of them fought their asses off. Um, there was a lot at stake. You could tell that Valentina. Um, 
she believed that she was the better fighter. I learned last night that she's a little bit of a sore loser. That's what I learned. And I've always, and I've always. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, because what she said, she's like, well, you know, I felt like I won the fight and they gave it to her because it's Mexican Independence Mexican Day. Independence Day. And I was like, wow. Wow. No, no, you lost, you, you, you lost the fight. It was actually really just a draw. It was a good fight. It was a close fight back and forth. And whether you agree whether it was a, a draw or not, it was a good fight. And I could see how they ended up with that. It was a close that. fight. It was a close yeah. fight. Yeah. And what I mean by a good fight, like those are normally, they're hard to judge. Um, both of them could have done more. Both of them had a good fight. Both of them could have taken a couple more chances, but then it would have cost them an opportunity to win in the title or keep in the title. So I can't knock it. I was in the same situation with Gilbert in the third fight. Neither one of us really took a whole lot of chances. It was a lot more strategic fight than the first two. And so um, I understand. I know this is their second fight, but Valentina being the champ for so long, she just wanted to get her title back and move on. Well, it worked against her because she could have done a little bit more. I felt like she could have pushed a little bit harder. She could have done a little bit more. And Alexa Gross was like, look, I'm the champion. I'm here to just do what I did in the first fight and just see, wait for you to make a mistake, which honestly, Valentina's whole career, very few mistakes in her career. Very few, but Alexa Grossa was very quick to jump on those mistakes every time she made one in both of their fights. One of them led to the submission, and the the second one almost led to another submission. I mean, that that last round, she had her turtling from her back, trying to figure out which way to go to stop the ground and pound when she got to mount. It was pretty nasty. So I I could see maybe the 10-8, because they're trying to be a little bit more uh, liberal with the 10-8s. They're trying to give them out a little bit more. And um, I don't know. It, it was. It's a hard fight to judge. It was. It was a good fight. It was a hard fight to judge. Um, in all fairness, I had to go back and rewatch it because the next fight, the the fight before it, had put me to sleep. So I was, and so I had to actually. I woke up in round four of the of the Alexa Grasso fight and Valentina Shevchenko fight. John, I don't know how fucking you're. It's horrible, man. Living here in, in Texas, it's man. Bit, it's horrible. Yeah. It's fucking like 12-something there. It's almost 12, and the main event's starting. I was like, man, this is... Oh, I've been up since 5. I'm like, this is yeah. shit. This is well, horrible. The part, the part that's bad is it, this is where you really appreciate what a fight card is good, and all the fights are action-packed and exciting mm-hmm. because it keeps you going. You can watch it. And as soon as one is like a, a little bit of a snoozer, you know, you go... Okay, this is tough because you you, you start nodding, man. It's like I got, I got to keep myself up, so I got to start, you know, smacking myself. But yeah, it, it's it's a little bit it, it's it's a little harsh. I don't want to say on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Think of think of places around the world like Ireland and, and mm-hmm. England. The guys or people are watching and think of what time it is there. So I think it's tough on the East Coast. It's even worse in other places. But. You, so what I've seen though is um, I've seen a couple things um, from some from some media that they're, they're really boasting about this fight and they're giving the, you know, they're giving the ladies the credit, which I agree. Give them all the credit in the world. I think they've been, I think this is a fantastic fight. It was good back and forth. Um, where I look at females MMA is it's kind of just past that Frank Shamrock era of MMA. They've got the cardio down. Now they're learning to get the output down. They're putting together a little bit of the wrestling. Some of them have better wrestling than others majority of the time it's striking because they don't have the they don't have that next level wrestling they some of them are getting pretty damn good with the submission games um they're you know control from the top you only have a select few that are that way though you got like uh, mckenzie dern um 
Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she seems like she has one eye that kind of like floats around. Uh, oh, uh, Verna. Gendarova. Yeah, I think her name is Verna. Yeah, Verna. Verna something. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, yeah, there's some really good jujitsu um, practitioners in the game um, in the female side. But they haven't fully evolved their full game. Cause, you know, they started, they, I wouldn't say they started later. They just didn't get to the prime time. And there was a lot of them there to make each other better. Um, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to put too much emphasis just yet and start making them something that they, they potentially, I got to be careful how I put this, John. You know this. They are spectacular. All of them are. And just I love the growth. Walk away. I know, I know. But I love the growth in which I'm seeing from them. But they they stay they still have some work to do in terms of in terms of making themselves in full all the way around game. Like Frank Shamrock was never the best striker. Okay, he's in no. that he was, but he was a good grappler. He was he never could fucking wrestle, but he weaponized conditioning and cardio. Um, Maurice Smith was never a great grappler. He started getting really good towards the end. Weaponized his cardio was good. Great kickboxer. They, they're kind of they've, I feel like they've just females MMA has just passed. You know, the Frank Shamrock era, they're into that second kind of stage of when Tito made his runs into the, into the, his title shots and up there. Where do you think that females MMA is right now after watching this fight? I'm going to say the same thing, you know, and it's the one thing you're talking about mistakes. How many times do you see male fighters grabbing heads? Now they'll grab it, you know, in a guillotine, different when it's facing them, something Mm -hmm. like that. But Reaching over the top, almost, you know, yeah, you can have have a head and arm toss and those things and stuff, but yeah, it's almost because Ronda Rousey got away with it was for so long with her judo that she would grab the head and, you know, get the takedown and stuff. Women's MMA, they, they tend to do that just way more than men. Mm-hmm. They grab the head and, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it didn't work for Valentina last night in that fifth round, but they do things at times that you'll see that men stay away from. It's just different. The uh, men would, men do not go for that type of technique where the women do. And so I, they are different, you know, it's, it's, it's a different, mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to say it's not different in levels. Obviously there's different levels and stuff, but it's just a different mindset in what I will attempt to do. And what I stay away from completely. Well, you'll find guys that, that do that. You know who does it a lot? Who did it almost every fucking time he was in the clinch? Was Dale Cormier. He did it every single time. He would throw his hand over the top, like right around their neck. And we'd always get on him about it. He's like, that's just the way that I wrestle, man. And it worked for him. It was the yeah. way that he tried to like, kind of like tilt you a little bit. And then he tried to foot sweep you. And when he couldn't get the foot sweep, he'd come back inside sometimes for an inside trip. The, I mean, obviously he could fucking wrestle the shit out of everybody if he wanted to. I mean, pretty close, you know, um, but he just, it was his style of wrestling. It was almost a little bit of a hang on you style, put pressure on you, but guys like him can get away with it. Two time Olympic, uh, um, Olympian. Olympic team member. Yeah. Olympic team member. Like. Guys like him can get away with it. Henry Cejudo, they can get away with it when they want to. You're talking like that's a next level um, position um, that, they, that they feel comfortable in against people that are not obviously on their level in the wrestling department. I just, I I want to see, I, look, the growth, they're doing fantastic. But I think the the media is, they're really up playing this right now that, that 
Yeah, they're just outplaying it a little bit. It was a great fight, back and forth. Mistakes were made, but it was a fantastic fight. I'm not trying to be negative. I just I feel like, I feel like people are gonna listen to this and think I'm trying to be negative. Both of them were fantastic fighters. I just I don't want to put too much on it, saying that they that you know that there's not room for growth in this. There's a ton of room in, for growth, and who I think I honestly believe, whatever female fighter comes with that next level wrestling. And it starts putting together the boxing a little bit. How Alexa Grosso right now, her wrestling has gotten really good in terms of stuffing takedowns. Yeah, stuffing yeah. takedowns. The way she hit Valentina Shevchenko over from the wizard position at one moment in the fight, I was like, holy shit. She yeah. hit her over to her side, almost to her back. That type of wrestling or those, and then put that together with the boxing and little bit of minimize of kicks in there. I think that's when you're going to start seeing the, the next level of females come up where it's just going to be grimy. They're just going to get on each other with the knees, the clinch. It's going to be a grimy style of um, female fighting. Right now, it's a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of stick and move. It's a lot of stick and move, you know, and, um, well, it, we'll it, talk it, about one that maybe there wasn't that same. Okay. Thing, but, okay. But yeah, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. When it comes down to, this decision and the the draw and the 10-8 round and everything, how many people have you heard say, you know, well, I agree with the draw, but I don't agree with the score? <laughs> okay. You had one judge that went with Alexa Grasso. You had one judge that went with Valentina Shevchenko. And you had one judge say, it's even. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean... Just the scores themselves, I, 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 I'm personally, I didn't agree with the 10-8, but, you know, I'm okay, you know, with, you know, the rest of the scores and, and how things went. But, I mean, it was as close as you can get. It is what it is. And it's like, why are you people upset when a fight is that close mm-hmm. and you have it become a draw? I heard people say there should never be a draw in a title fight. What the frick are you talking about? We've had a lot. Yeah. You know, how about Cal Uno versus BJ Penn, which stopped you from being able to be in the UFC? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was that was one of the ones that started off, and you had freaking like Gray Maynard and Frankie Edgar, and you had what uh, Stephen Thompson against Tyron Woodley. I mean, Ankoliyev and uh, Blahovich. That was, mm-hmm. I think, the most recent. There's yeah. been a ton. Probably five or six that have ended that way. Yeah, the, the, look, Shit judging happens. judging you have no control over. Um, and I think it's funny that you know the commentating last night was talking about that they like, oh, you know, if we had a half point system, I was like, yeah, I, you well, know, it would make what? a big difference. We don't. Yeah, yeah, and, we don't. And, yeah, I'd like to get into why we don't. Yeah, but but the people that are commentating there, they're working for the company that doesn't want that. I think it's the best way to do it. I mean, honestly, I can't think of another way that would make it. You know, everyone talked about open scoring. They were on, you know, all the commentators, all the media, all they wanted was open scoring for a while. Dumb. Stupid. <laughs> I, I just, I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. I couldn't, I can't imagine knowing that someone can just skirt on the outside and then you have a guy taking a lot of chances, potentially getting knocked out, ruining his career, all those things. I get it when you're down. You got to get after it, whatever. But then, you know, then you end up with... You should know that, though. Or you should know that, well, mm-hmm. I might be losing this. You yeah. know. If the fight's close, why are you taking the chance? There you go. 
You know, if the fight's cl- like, like if the fight's close, get after it. Be, sp- I don't know. It's there's a lot of different ways we can look at this. I mean, I looked at what was the fight. I think it was. Ah, what fight was it? I think it was Oscar De La Hoya versus uh, Trinidad. Oh, Trinidad. Yeah, and he just thought he was up, and he circled around for like the last two or three rounds. Last three rounds, yeah. And then he ended up losing the fight. Yep. You know, and I was like, I was sitting there with all my cousins watching the fight going, what are you doing? You're not winning by this much. You can't give away these rounds. And um, that's what, I mean, I feel like that's what you're going to get with open scoring. You're going to get a lot more of that, you know, and... um, yeah, and then everyone's gonna be shocked. Well, no, he was winning, and he was, this, and then it's gonna cause more problems. It's gonna cause more problems. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Overall, ladies put on a great performance last night, and um, I feel like the right person won. It was close. I wouldn't have been mad if it went the other way. But let me let me ask you this: Do we see an automatic rematch? No, absolutely not. You got two. You know, that's two a draw. in a row. Now it's close, yeah. It is a draw, draw. But you got you you gotta you gotta let other blood come in there and have a shot at that title. You can always bring Valentina back, but you need to allow the rest of the people there. You just let the person that was number one. She got her shot. Ah, ended in a draw after losing to that person. And when when I said losing that person, you know that was a she tapped. That was a submission. Okay, so. Now you you got submitted, and now you got have one that it was close. It was a draw, but I got to let somebody else have a shot at that title. I got to bring some new new life, new blood into it. I'm going to put somebody else up against Grasso. It was a draw, John. You're right. It, it was. was equal. It means that I deserve my shot. No, you got your shot. <laughs> okay. It was your second one right in a row. You ain't going to uh, get a third in a row. I agree with you. I, I don't want to see that fight again. Not right now. Not right now. I want to see what's next. Who, who who would be fighting her next? Who would fight Alexa Grasso next? And who would you want to see Valentina fight? Because she's already fought a ton of people in this way. Uh, I mean, you, you the two that you're going to look at right away is going to be either Aaron Blanchfield, who is Oof. up at the top in the 125s, or uh, Manuel Ferro, who just got the win against Rose Nama Yunus. I would think those are your two that you're mm-hmm. looking at. And if you're going to go... Style for style, which is going to be your well, Grasso is going to match up well with Mano as far as the stand up. So, you're going to have a stand up, you know, not complete kickboxing. You know, you could see either either lady taking it to the ground, but both of them are very good in the stand up where you know that Blanchfield is going to be working at trying to take that thing to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think they're going to give it her Aaron Blanchfield. How old is Aaron Blanchfield? She's 20, 23. She's young. She's a baby. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're looking to probably stake their claim on having a young champion. And for those of you guys that don't think the UFC is doing that, they do that all the time. They're trying to find, they're trying to make More sure they to work have a, with. if they can get a young champion in there and keep a young champion for a period of time. But they have that. That's smart. Yeah, they no, I get it. Grasso's what? She's older now. She's what, 29? Oh, How old is Alexa Grasso? 28. Oh, she's 20. She's. Grosso. What's, what's Alexa Grosso? Grosso? Yeah, I was sorry. I was looking at it last night. I think she was 20, uh, 30. 30. 25, 30. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought she was 29. Yeah. No, she's 30. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she's got some time. She obviously has some time. 
Uh, but they, you know, the, the UFC's job is to get somebody that's a little bit, try to get a young, as young a champion as you can and see how long they can hold on to. Cause there's a storyline there. And then on top of that, they don't have to keep buying belts. <laughs> they can just try to keep, they, don't, they don't do that now. Now they give that little ruby, a little ruby thing. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. So much for giving belts out all the time. Oh, I know. Save money. Cut costs. Smart. <laughs> Smart. They're not cheap, man. Those belts. No, they're not. They're not, not cheap. Anymore. No. Yeah, that thing over my shoulder there on the right, it's uh shit. It's it runs you probably about close to eleven, twelve grand. Something like that. It's crazy. Um, all right, okay, let's go ahead and go to that next fight. Let's go. Let's see. The go Jack Della Madalena ah. versus Kevin Holland. Okay, you can talk about this. <laughs> I just I, I fell asleep like going in like between rounds two and three. Yeah, I was it was late. <laughs> Man, it's the frustration level. It really is a frustration level with Kevin Holland. I mean, I sat on here and go, man, he's the underdog. There's no way I'm taking that bet. And luckily, I just didn't. I forgot to bet. But it was, um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't figure him out, John. You no, know, and what, what, else, just... what else gives me the creeps, though, right now is that he said he opened his own gym. He has his own spot. And now he's calling the shots. He said that. Yeah. Well... That's, that, to me, is that's a big no-no. I mean, look, oh, having your own gym, congratulations. I don't wish that upon anybody. Yeah, but, <laughs> but having your own gym, it's, it's, it feels good. This is mine. I own it. It's my own place to train. All these things. I love it. I love all that. Um, but it's it, the focus then becomes you, you're able to control your, you're able to control your training. That's never a good thing. You've got to have a trainer that controls your training for you. This is the time we work out. We meet every single day at this time. No, this I don't is care what about you today. Yeah, this is what we're doing today. We're you don't call work the shots. Yeah, this is, you know, this is what we're doing. This, this is our schedule. You set, I'll let you set it in the beginning. If you want to work out at 10 a.m. And then again, later at say 630 at night, that's fine. We can do that. I'll be there at those. If the trainer's going to give you the time to choose. Cause like for me with Javier, I, f I hated the fact that we worked out at noon. I hated it because we had to come back at six and we didn't get done working out till two. We didn't get out of the gym until two and four hours later, five hours later, we had to come back. And I was like, this sucks. It was depending on whatever. It was like six, six thirty, seven o'clock, something like that. It was like just not enough break. Kostic and I and Fitch, we always complained about it. Let's work out at 9 a.m. Let's work out at 10. No, no. Soon as, as soon as we all don't want to get up. <laughs> no, as soon as we all left, as soon as we all left, guess what? Training's at 9 a.m. Drives me fucking crazy. All of us, we we wanted it so early for so long. Look, if you want to let your trainer call out the times, or you're not your trainer, but your uh, your fighters call out what time they want to train, cool. I get it, but you got to be there and be consistent. I, mean, I don't know if calling the shots made a difference, but in this fight, he just can't seem to use fight IQ. You're better on the ground. I didn't really. I saw one takedown. I think in the second, maybe in the third, something like that. Second or like somewhere around. I think it was the second. Try to shoot kind of a half-assed body lock. Didn't get it. Josh, just let's go off of length. Mm -hmm. All right. It is, a, it is a serious advantage if you use it correctly or it's nothing. And you take a look and his opponent is not a person that wants to take this fight to the ground. So kicking is a good thing to do. That teep kick up the middle. To the oblique kicks to the legs, calf kicks down low, 
all of these techniques. Now, you got to be careful with the calf kicks as far as you can get hit with a counter right hand or something like that, depending upon what side you're going to. But all of these things that you have a, a distinct advantage in your length and reach. And you, you're, you're letting someone crush that space and you're now getting into throwing elbows inside. And it's like, that's, that's not to your advantage. Your advantage is in keeping it at the distance. And at times, Kevin did. And then he just let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. And I'm like, it just... I love the fact that, you know, he's super talented. He seems to really like to fight. Mm-hmm. But he just, at times, I just look at him and I want someone to shake him and say, you could be so much better. But... Mm-hmm. Hey, some fighters have a they have they have that way of getting in their own way. Yeah, and uh, I feel like he's one of them. <clears throat> he's talented. He's got all the tools. He could, you know, he could obviously grow as a fighter like most fighters can. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it all on him. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena made it a very. He fought his fight. He didn't get out of his fight. <clears throat> he stayed in his lane. He understands what he was good at. Stuff the takedowns. Let the hands go. You know, throw a couple kicks here and there to get you thinking about them and keep my back off the fence, those kind of things. And he, <clears throat> we sat up here and said that we thought that, um, that Madalena was a hit, hit harder, had more power in his hands. And it sure looked like it because every time that he tried to hit, um, Kevin Holland, Kevin Holland backed up, circled away, leaned his head back, was able to get out of the reach of a lot of it, but it looked like it was having an effect on him, whether he hit him in the chest. Where they hit him on the on the shoulder, whatever it was, it looked like it was having an effect on Col- uh, Kevin Holland, and it looked like it was making him not want to engage. That lets you know right there that that whatever that Jack Della Maddalena is doing, maybe it doesn't look like it's all that great, but it's having an effect on his opponents because <clears throat> he makes his guys go backwards when he fights him. He makes yep. them go backwards. He's got a little bit of that ginger to him. He's got the. Got the power. Feels like he's got that that kind of, you know, strength that we talk about. <laughs> it's got the, you know, it just he's he seems like he's extremely strong and he's got some power behind him and and he puts fear in people as he starts touching them. They're like, wow, this guy hits harder than he looks. It's hard. It hurts kind of to get in there. I've trained with guys like that. It just it was painful kind of to touch their body. You're like, oh, this is not this isn't comfortable. You physically feel strong. You feel like them sharp bones or. You know, real tense muscles and everything just kind of hurts. Um, he looks like he has that. He must have that feeling because he's the guys he fight. They don't seem to want to engage. His last fight was a really good fight. Yeah, uh, a little great. bit of back and forth, but it was a great big, fight by his opponent. But yeah, great. You know, th- fight. This one here, and you take a look. There was a guy who, hey, he knew where his road to victory was, and he kept going after it. And in this fight with you know against Holland, Holland just. You know, I'm I'm just out here. I'm gonna just do my thing, and just we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's like he didn't have a, a game plan of this is what I need to do to get a win against this guy. This is where it needs to be. It was like I'll ah, we'll see. You know, once I'm out there, we'll see what happens. Maybe not, but it's just that was the impression that I got from mm-hmm. the way he fought it. <clears throat> yeah. Next fight. Ah, then you got to go and say, well, you want to be super impressive i love the way both guys came out terrence mitchell we knew has got good wrestling very long very uh you know he'll throw 
going up against the the young phenom and 18 year old Raul Ro Rosas Jr. They came out slinging, man. They were both slinging leather, going hard. Probably not the best and smartest way to start the fight for either guy, but damn entertaining. Loved the way that uh, Rosas said, uh, sat him to his butt. He he definitely hurt him with that left hand when he, it didn't look like it hit that hard. But it's one of those ones that you know it just just pushes the chin straight down, doesn't have the twist, and it you could see that for a moment he was frozen. He was able to at least gather himself as he was hitting the ground but not enough to get himself back in the fight and the fight was stopped and it should have been and it was a very nice comeback win for Mr. Rosas Jr. Yeah, I thought he looked good. I thought um, you know, a little a little sloppy with the stand up. I, man, I sound bit. like I'm I'm sounding like very negative today. Yeah, but it's nasty. it's um yeah, it was it was a little bit of a sloppy exchange from both of them. They were getting it was after definitely it. Aggressive. I love it. They're both aggressive, both of them. You know, um had some good exchanges. Uh both landed some clean shots. And it really just came down to who got to whose chin first. You know, uh, I think Rojas Jr.'s got a little bit better of a, a I don't want to say better of a chin, but he was absorbing the shots a little bit better. Um, Mitchell, <clears throat> I would have thought he would have tried to stick and move, keep that on the outside, make um, Rojas Jr. kind of kind of wing some shots, miss some shots, and then make him a little bit tired. Avoiding, this, uh, avoiding the takedowns or avoiding the submission game was key. But look, they got into the exchange, and this is what happens. I mean, when you have two young fighters and they're willing to trade like that, it's really just for the fans. Congratulations. I mean, look, the fight didn't last a minute, no. so it's not like they were in there long. No, no. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> both guys going for it, and you know, I appreciate that. I know that's the second loss in a row for uh, Mitchell, Terrence Mitchell. But you know, he's got to figure out where is my strength and let me let me play. It's, he's all he's very Kevin uh, Holland like in the fact that it's super long for that weight class. Man, he's got a huge reach, and uh, he can wrestle. You know, it's mm -hmm. just, he's he re, he does remind me of not in the way he fights and stuff, but coming from Anchorage, Alaska, just like Jared Cannonier did. Mm -hmm. You know, look, he was the big dog there, and he was getting all these wins and stuff. And there's levels, and those guys that you're facing up in Alaska, and you know, not that they're not tough, but they just don't have the same skill set, and so. Yeah. You're going to have to just continue to increase your skill set and you'll come up with those wins. But I, I do love the way that they just went after each other. I think mentally it's good for fighters to go and train other places because then you can realize that other yep. fighters out of other gyms, the shitty, like small little hole in the wall gyms you never heard of. I mean, I used to walk into gyms and go, man, I'm better than all these guys. And then you get in there and you start grappling with these guys, or start wrestling with these guys, start sparring with these guys. You're like, wow, there's this little thing they do that's that's difficult to read and they're hitting me with it every time or they're they're taking me down with it every time or they're yeah, you know they're putting me you're in not danger used to it. here it's something different you're, and so you have to tune that out that you can go into into any fight oh, i'm way better than him you possibly are but there's mm -hmm. something about the way that fighter fights that they got him to this level and there's a reason behind it and so don't think you're just going to go in there and like oh, all the things that they do or i'm going to walk right through it that's why it's so impressive anytime a fighter gets an early knockout or an early submission or, you know, or dominates for, you know, the, the fight is because you're fighting someone who you've never been around. You've never trained with, you've never experienced their, their strength, their speed, their, their movement, their abilities to shoot submissions fast or not, whatever it is. It's, it's eye opening. I think for fighters, when they first get in there, they, they play that little 
you know, fill out game, which is, that's why it's so impressive to see these fighters get after it right off the bat and just like throw caution in the wind. And, uh, that's what these two did, you know, it was, Hey, whatever happens, happens. And yep. it was a good fight. Good. Well, I know it didn't last long, but feel bad for Terrence Mitchell because that's two in a row. I know the first one he took, I think on short notice, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like two weeks notice or something, I think. And then this, this one here, he had a full camp. <clears throat> Going against their uh, their darling, you know, uh, Rojas Jr. So it's, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do with him. I think they'll keep him for a third fight, see if he can make a comeback. Yeah. Next one. Then we had, uh, you want to talk about impressive performances. Daniel Zellhuber, who we talked about, we said, man, this young kid is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, going up against Christos, Christos Gallegos. And Christos, was, he was fighting a good fight. He was fighting the way he needed to. He was really working hard at the takedowns. But, man, it was so impressive the takedown defense of Zell Huber and the way he would just shucked him off, just stuffed everything quickly and shut everything down. And then just the the crispness and the sharpness of his stand-up game and what he was hitting him with. Yep. And then right away, when given the opportunity off of a takedown attempt, you look, you here's your opportunity, boom, slides right into the anaconda, man, makes it tight right away. We didn't even get the leg. Wasn't yeah. he? He just crushed the space by turning the body and was able to get the tap. Man, you could see it out of, you know, Extreme Couture is where he trains at. You could see how they love this kid. He is special because he's, you know, super polite, just a good person, super young, and super talented. Yeah. I mean, when someone has that type of length, like Kevin Holland, like him. I mean, that choke is there almost at any time. Anytime you have that front headlock, that choke is there. You've got a lot of levers. Yeah, yeah. and so um, you've got to be prepared to fight someone like that. That's why Tony Ferguson had such a run um, for a while. I mean, he would hit that thing from anywhere. Especially Whether, the Dars. Yeah, the Dars or the Anaconda. He would hit it from anywhere, from, from on his butt. You know, oh. the other guy that does it really well is um, is uh, Yaroslav Amosov. He hits that thing from everywhere. So he hits that front headlock. I've seen him hit it when he hit it on Logan Sterling. He hit it from his butt, and Logan was on the legs. Yeah, Logan was on the leg, and he hit it from there. Very impressive stuff. So if you have somebody that likes to attack that move, you got to be ready and prepared for them to try to hit that thing anywhere. I've seen guys hit it from the bottom. You know, they you've got side control on them, and they just hit it from the bottom, and they just try to roll you through. It's pretty impressive. I'm like, what in the hell are you trying to do? You're not getting this. Oh shit, it's getting tighter. Oh yes, you can. Oh yeah, it's getting yeah. tighter. It just has to do with their their uh limb length. Yeah. You know, no different than like kind of how the buggy choke is. The buggy choke is really effective when you when you have long limbs. Super long levers. Yeah. Yep. So uh overall per, uh performance though was very good by uh Zilhuberg or Zellhuberger or whatever. Zellhuber. Zellhuber. I don't have my glasses on. Zellhuber. Okay, so <laughs> good by him and uh good stuff. Next fight. Yeah. Kyle Nelson taking on Fernando Padilla in the opening of the uh, main card. You know, Kyle Nelson, very tough you know, guy from Canada. He's uh, super aggressive. He comes after guys. I was really surprised at Padilla and the way that he approached the fight. I thought Padilla won the first round. I thought, you know, pressure, he landed. He's super long. He's landed clean shots to the for the most part. You know, he kind of uh, opened up Nelson, but from that first round on, just didn't fight smart. Just mm-hmm. didn't fight real well. And it allowed Nelson back in the fight, allowed Nelson to start taking control of, you know, where the f- engagements were happening and how they were going to happen. And it was almost, in my opinion, one of those 
a a young, uh, talented kid not using smarts, not mm-hmm. being smart in the way that you know you you want to approach your opponent, thinking that I can just walk through you. You can't just walk through people. You know you got to be smart in, in the way you do it, and I think it's going to be a good learning experience for Padilla, though. I think so. Uh, Godinez had a good fight. Dominant control from the top. Oh, she just hold dominated on, this, everything. Hold we, we were talking about, you know, I said, we well, there's fights that we could talk about. Lupita Godinez was a savage. She dominated that fight. Yeah. She did everything that she wanted to do when she wanted to do it. The takedowns that she hit, the transitions that she was going through. Elise Reed was just, I mean, she was getting mauled. Yeah. The I give her credit, man. She was tough. That arm bar was nasty at Ugh. the end. You know, I'm looking at the hyperextension of the arm, and you can see Herb is sitting there, and he's like, good, good, because yeah. what he's waiting for. And they okay, I'm going to go to This happened, you know, this fight was after the no contest, and we'll talk about that. Dominic. Okay, it's great. <laughs> you pumped Herb up, and that's great. Okay, but there was nothing going on that, you know, it's a matter of we allow professional fighters to be in control in a submission. We let them go unless we see damage. We see it dislocate. We see a a break. We see something where there's absolute damage. We're going to call an end to the fight. If it's an amateur fight, Herb would have stopped that fight because it's like you're not getting out and I'm not going to let your arm go. You're not the person that's going to make the choice. I'm going to be the person. But as a professional, there's money involved. There's records involved. We're going to let it go to that point where we see damage. It's a matter of Herb just did his job. Good job, Herb. (laughs) You know, it's like he didn't do anything special. What's special is how much Elise Reed put up with. Hmm. The amount of pressure on that arm and the way that she was able to fight her way through that because it was definitely on and it was painful and she fought her way through it but then it just came out in the second round and it just started all over again lupita yeah. was all over great performance godinas is really looking good yeah she is she is she had that top control heavy hips just putting the pressure down great ground and pound doing some work to pass guard get to the top position get mount get back she did everything that's yep. what you're looking for you know um we got to fine-tune her stand up a little bit more uh, but she's kind of what I was talking about. A little bit of that, like Alexa Grosso making the steps and the gains. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko was a little bit ahead of her time in terms of using her wrestling. She's a world-class kickboxer. All of these things. Um, Godinez is headed in that direction. Fine yeah. to the stand-up a little bit more. Let's go ahead and utilize some more kicks. Let's get our head offline, not be so hittable. Um, these are the things that I'm looking at when I'm watching the female fights. I want to see the gains that they're... That they're improving on. I want to see the movement, the head movement. I want to see the slip in the counter. I want to see the step off line and counter. I want to see the step off line. You hit to the takedown, you know, hit the high crotch, then run to the double. I want to see all of these things right to the takedown, right to passing, not just falling into the guard. There's a, yep. there's a, there's, there's steps in a process of getting them to the next level. They are there. There are, they, this is where they, this is amazing to watch. She got the takedown right into the pass. Not like you see that from people like Mackenzie Dern 
You yeah. don't see that from all the female fighters. They get the takedown and then they stop. You well, know, Lupita, um, Lupita's that person who's always had stand up and aggression, mm -hmm. and she goes after, and she's that you know, she's almost I, mean, I want to say a brawling style, but she's got a brawling style in the stand up, like she a Betch Cohen in there, like yeah. Betch Cohen. Remember? Yeah, hers? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and she will go after you, but now she's backing it up where she can take it to the ground too. Mm. You know, and if that's what she's getting out of Team Lobo, man congratulations you picked the right spot for you because yeah. you are absolutely progressing as a fighter and uh she's now becoming multi-dimensional that's just going to make her a better overall fighter for the rest of her career yeah i thought it was a great dominant performance i have to agree with you on that as well yeah. uh next fight another one <laughs> roman kapalov against josh frem oh, you know this, this is one of those ones kapalov you know we thought we we look at him He's like Chase Hooper's dad. <laughs> they look the same, man. He's just a bigger version mm -hmm. of Chase Hooper as far as... Uh, but, man, he's got power in his hands. And he lands beautiful kicks, beautiful shots to the body. This guy can go everywhere as far as, you know, in the stand-up. He is just technically very good. Sound makes smart decisions, uh, great timing. And Josh Frem, you know... Very good grappler. I, you, know, you could tell that he was looking to get the fight to the ground. He just was getting hit with shots that were hurting him yeah. over and over and over again until the end. When, like, you could see when the kick hit the body, and you saw him kind of leaning in and he's sticking his elbow down there. <laughs> You've been there. I've been there. It's one of those. Okay, that really freaking hurt. Yeah, I'm trying to breathe and just give me a. Second. And then he comes right back to the body with the you know, the liver shot and just mm -hmm. put him to his knees. And, and your body just it shuts down. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do. But it was a beautiful performance overall by Kapalov. He's just he's starting to get on a roll. Yeah, the confidence is there. He realizes what he's doing is working. Um, you know, he's explosive. The head kicks, the fast he's hands. Fast. He seems faster than what appears on TV because it yeah. seems like the fighters they're respecting his speed and his power both. And the way he mixes it up really well, it keeps him guessing. So good for him. He goes to the body a lot with the kicks, which is very important. A lot of fighters don't do it enough. They go to the calf kick a lot, which is good. But a lot of fighters are still doing the legs as much as possible, which I think is good. But you got to don't forget about that body. That'll open up the head kick a lot. It'll open it up. And so he's he's uh, he's on track. Is he ranked right now? Uh well, can you I look him so. up? Is Kapalov ranked? I mean, my, it might be that top the, fifteen, maybe in the towards fifteen. Nope, no, he's not. Nope, 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 nope. Interesting. I, I mean, like he hasn't fought a high level competition, but he's still fighting guys that are tough. Josh, Fr our friend's pretty tough. So, um, but good for him. Good performance. Good win. Another finish. He's on. He's on track, man. Confidence is building. Look for him to probably get. Offered a top 15 guy right now, somewhere in there, maybe even a top 10, like a 10 or 11. So good for him. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next fight, which is a no contest. Yeah, explain to me what happened. <laughs> John, I mean. John, it's so simple. Go ahead. It's the it's the fight game, man. Like, like the refs are in a, in a, in a pinch. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't want to bag on people, but it's not. John, I've never refed anything. I've, I've, I've refed like a couple like smoker fights. I've refed a couple like events. Um, 
you know, that are just uh, a couple little small MMA shows. There were amateur fights, you know, to do it for, uh, what is it called? Camo? California yeah. amateur. Yeah. I've done it a couple times for them. Uh, it's just, it's not easy. It's not no, easy. And so I, I hate to, I hate to hear people that say things like, you know, uh, it's your job. It's just, I get it. It's their job. I do get it. But there's a fine line between um, letting the fighter fight out and the fighter being choked out too long. It's like, Oh, just, you gotta, you, you gotta give him a minute. If I give him a minute, he could fucking die. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if I give him a minute being choked out, that's a long time, buddy. Yeah. And so, um, I get it. I understand. I, I would be so fucking mad, but and they made it. You don't think he is? You don't yeah, think he's he, upset with himself? He's really mad. He's really mad. Um, but this <clears throat> look, other, other refs have made the same mistakes. That's pl Hello. there's plenty of them have, and they made it on the biggest stages and yep. some of the biggest fights. Yep. And we, we just got to look past it. Look, we chalked it up to fighter safety. That's the way I chalk it up. I mean, look, he looked like his hand, his arm dropped, his right arm dropped. And okay. If I'm thinking now, I maybe would have shaken it a little bit to see if I would have got a reaction out of him. Stop with that goddamn shaking bullshit. Okay. I would, I would have done something. I mean, I would have shook I, his arm. Okay. You would have. Yeah. I would have, I would have shook his arm. Yeah, I would okay. have shook and I would have shook to see if there was any tension still left in it. Ah, so let's take the arm and put it someplace that doesn't belong. And when you do, guess what? It's going to what's going to happen when he's there. He's going to move it. If you sit there and shake mm -hmm. and he's trying to relax, you can do a shake. You're the one controlling the arm mm -hmm. and you're hoping that he's going to give some resistance. You're hoping. Mm -hmm. but that doesn't always happen and so when you're hoping he's going to give some resistance i want to take the arm and i want to move it into a place where all of a sudden it's like he's going to pull it back he's going to put it in yes you are you're, you're you're creating a situation where he's got to move his arm a guy i'm going to make you move the arm mm -hmm. and see if you're there if you don't move it then it's telling me yes you're out and i'm going to come in and stop the fight but this whole this comes, you know, just because the UFC and the WWE are now owned by the same company. I guess it's not even Endeavor. It's TKO now. Yeah. Okay. This is the old Hulk Hogan bullshit. Okay. This whole shaking of the arm. Because Hulk Hogan used to get put into a fucking rear naked choke. We'll say he's Don't on, sitting jealous, on his John. ass. Don't be he's jealous. He's sitting on his ass and the fucking... <laughs> Whoever it is, the rock or whoever has got him in this shit choke that is fake as hell. And Dave is going crazy and loving it. He's just absolutely, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And the referee looks at Hulk. And the Hulk is sitting there, and he's, like, shaking. All of a sudden, his arms start to go down. And the referee picks his arm up and lets go of it. And his arm drops and hits the ground. And then he does it again. And the Hulkster's arm, it drops. And then the third time, always the third time, the Hulk arms picked up and he uh, starts just shaking. And oh my God, he's going to come out of it. We don't pick up arms and shake them. Uh, we move them to a place where they don't belong, where I can put tension on where the tension's going to want to come back. That's going to tell you whether the person's out or not. You know, but this whole, you know. <laughs> Dominic was very big, and, and 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 I don't mean to say anything bad about Herb. Herb did a phenomenal job last night. He had a great show. But Herb had the same situation occur 
with Robbie Lawler against Ben Askren. Ben Askren's putting him into a choke, different type of choke, obviously. But Robbie Lawler decides, I'm just going to relax, lets his arm, his arm kind of flops, and Herb does the shake and stops the fight. And Robbie Lawler goes, what are you doing? The only difference is they didn't have a replay official at the time that came in and said, hey, we want to make that a no contest. You stopped that. He was not out. That's what happened here. It's a no contest. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks for both fighters in the fact that, you know, you you have this situation now based upon the pay, the way the UFC structures it and breaks it down. No one is getting that win money. You know, you you have your show money and you have your win money, and now you don't even have the chance. Someone's taken away that opportunity for you to win that money, and that that's that's where the real problem is. You know, when you're looking at this as a, as a no contest or a no decision. What I've heard people talk about, they should just restart them. It's tough. Yeah, I'm t- I'm telling you right now. I did, I did a fight one time, and it was in Virginia. And it wasn't for the UFC. It was for a, another promotion. And during, the, during a fight where one of the fighters puts the other fighter into this, I mean, super deep umaplata at the time. And this thing is on. It's done perfectly. And he's cranking, and he's trying to, and the, the guy's putting up with, and all of a sudden, all the lights go off. It's black, you know, I mean, there's enough light. You can see, you know, a little bit, but I have to stop the fight. So I stopped the fight, right? I pull them out of the position. I can't have them fight in the dark. And we, you know, wait and we see how long. Okay, it's going to be 10 minutes before the lights are completely up. I put them back in the same position. And I'm telling this one guy, crank it more, crank it more, crank it more. I mean, but there's no way that I can get it exactly where it was at. There's, you know, because you as the person who's getting cranked are now starting to adjust. So you're in a little bit better position than you were in when Mm -hmm. he had it the first time. And we start the fight and the guy gets out of it. And I was just like, there's nothing more you can do. I mean, it, it sucks, but it is what it is. So if you were going to try to restart this and put them back into the same position, are you going to adjust the fight in any way? Sure you are. Is it a, is it a choice? It's a choice that possibly, you know, can be brought up and they can do, but the real problem with the, the ending is both guys get shorted out on money in some way. You know, no one was able to get that money. So it was a mistake. It was a mistake by Chris, you know, Dominic, jumped all over him and that's you know that's dominic's you know he he has that you know uh, ability it's, it's his job if you want to look at it and say it but dominic says some things that you know he has no idea but he opens up his mouth and says those things like you know you know you you, you shouldn't be in there if you don't grapple well there's different types of grappling josh chris tyone was a good wrestler he was a guy that wrestled for most of his life you know, he attained a lot higher status in wrestling than Dominic Cruz ever did. Okay, now Dominic was a better fighter, no doubt about it. And if there, if I was gonna say, does Chris have, you know, you know, uh, 
a limitation when it comes to the submission and jujitsu part. Sure, he's 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 not that guy. He's the re- he's the wrestling coach guy. But to sit there and and to it's not as easy as you think. And until we have we have guys, you know, take a look at Frank Trick. Is was he a fighter? Yeah, he's a damn good fighter, right? Good wrestler. You know, Chris Lehman. We got all all these guys that have been good fighters and now are trying to referee or judge and they'll all tell you dude it's not what you think Mm. holy shit and it's because you're supposed to be perfect all the time hard to be perfect all the time hard to be right and make everybody happy because you're trying to make the fighters happy you're trying to make the promotion happy you're trying to make the commission happy and the commission happy and the promotion happy are two different directions because promotion wants the fight to be exciting. They want it to be done right. The commission wants the fight to be exciting. They want it to be safe. So you're, you're always playing that, you know, balancing act. And I feel bad for Chris that this happened, but there is systems in place that he needs to adjust to when you see somebody and you're going to make a stop, here's what I want you to do first just to make sure in that situation. Based upon the fact if you look at the choke, that's not a good choke. Mm. And and that's the that's where Dominic was right. You look at how the arm was across and what he was doing, it's going to be really hard because you only have possibly one side mm. of, the, of the crowd and you really didn't have the larynx to crush to push up against the carotid arteries. So Dominic was right about that, but you know, mistakes are made. This is what happens, but they did it right in that. No one got a loss. Yeah. Okay. So you said, do you restart the fight? And you had a very long winded answer, but no, I don't think you do. (laughs) The, the, The way the reason why you don't is the emotions of the fighter who won everything is off. I just won yeah. this fight. Now I got to fight this guy again. That's what right. are you talking about? You stopped the fight. I won the fight. And then the other fighters like, yeah, let's go. I, I'm motivated now. I get a second chance. It, it just changes the time. Usually, usually you're absolutely right. You yeah. will see the guy who supposedly lost the fight mm-hmm. come back. And I, cause I've seen him restart the fight too many times. They come back and win. Yeah. Cause the other guy has lost everything. His mentality is gone. Yeah. The adrenaline dump is real. It's like, yes, I've won. Like you're getting your check. You're celebrating. You're up on the top of the cage, you know, thanking the fans. And they're like, yeah, get down. Okay, you're going to keep going. Yeah. Wait, what? what Here, what, I want what? you to think about this. Go back to Anderson Silva. Did you ever see Anderson Silva do that? Oh, yeah. against uh, Michael Bisping. Mike, Mike Bisping. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, All of a sudden, yeah. he was told, no, 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 next round. And you could see the drop. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. tough. And then, but then there's also like when fighters also win and they take another fight the next week or two weeks later because they had a good performance. Yeah. Don't do that either. Give yourself time to get out of your your own head. Focus on the next opponent. I've seen that. We just talked about a fighter doing that, I think, what, two weeks ago or something. Um, They had fought two or three weeks ago. They had fought on one card, had a dominant performance, no injuries. Like it was like a two minute fight, came on and fought the next time, lost. It was they. They wanted to take the roll around fight. They wanted to go right over to the next fight, collect another check. Good on them for doing it, but it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. So, anyways, I just uh, look. Refs, they have a hard job. Uh, it becomes more real when you're in there, trying to get all the rules. And like you said, 
the making sure the commission has a, a standard of which they want fighter safety and all these things. And the promotion wants something similar, but different. They want to make sure that there's action. They want to make sure you're not, you know, you're, you're helping the fight move along and making the crowd happy and making us happy. So there's, there's a little bit of a difference there. These things are going to happen. It's, it sucks yeah. for the fighters, but I would rather have this happen, but at least they got it right with the no contest, but I'd rather have this happen. Sure. than the guy that fucking let the kid almost die in fucking San Antonio. There you go. Like that, like it goes and, both ways. Like, and it's one to... of the things that I, I will tell you, and trust me, Chris has heard this too many times from the Nevada state athletic commission is we want you to stop at one punch early rather than one punch late. We want you to stop at one second early rather than one second late. And that's what you're dealing with. And, and, and no matter what people have no concept of how much pressure yeah. there is in being that person in there. When you said put the arm where they where it's in a in a position where they're gonna have to react in that Very position tough. though, yeah. Where do you Go put ahead. it? And then then as a fighter, I'm like, hey man, now I'm fighting the ref and the fighter. Don't That's touch. That's why me it like has it. to be fast. Yeah, and you're taking you, and I'm gonna take if if your arm is is down, I'm gonna push it back. I'm gonna push it back and just kind of hold it and see if I get any pushback at all. Mm. Because I do that, your arm's gonna automatically start to come forward. Like, what are you doing? You're mm. there. Got it. Gives me that information. So you are just basically shaking the arm. Okay, got it. Noted. <laughs> it's a, it, but yeah, the, the, that's the whole I thing. Get is it. You are, but you're doing it with a control that is not this flopping thing because when yeah. you flop it, if the guy's relaxed, it's going to flop. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I get what you're saying. Just trying to figure out, like, what if it happens if you put it in the wrong spot and it makes the choke tighter? <laughs> No, you, <laughs> like, I think thanks, you know John. chokes enough to. I think you know chokes enough to where it's, uh, oh. you're not going to help the choke. All right, last fight I'm going to talk about is uh, Tracy Cortez. I thought she looked good. She put some. Oh, uh, that's the last fight you're going to talk about. I'm not. We're okay. Talking you about can talk now. about the other two. Okay. Uh, oh no, I'll talk about Charlie Campbell too. He had Hello. a great performance. He had a great performance. Not only did great he have a good performance. Jeez. Did you hear him against DC? Yeah, I loved it. Poor Daniel Cormier has been eaten alive. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, it was good. I mean, it, it, I felt bad Go for a little Tracy. bit. No, no, Go I felt bad Tracy. a little bit for Charlie Campbell because at that time when you fight and you're only the second fight in, there's not a lot of crowd there yet. No, there's not. <laughs> like That's the all crowd, right. Some of the crowd you can hear in the background, yeah, but it was like it was yeah. so dead. I felt so oh, bad for him. It was awesome. That would have That would have got a lot more heat if he was on the main card. But good performance by him, man. Great knockout, great, great performance, TK or whatever. But great shots. He he was throwing. He's getting himself out of position a little bit too much. He's we've good. Talk, we've I don't talked know why Bellator didn't keep him. We liked him. Stupid. Yeah, dumb, dumb. But uh, they did. They uh, he's he's a good fighter. He was tough. He, he was fun tough. to watch. Uh, he's a gamer. I think his nickname is the Cannibal. I um, mean, he was eating. He eats up some people, man. He he looked good last night. Good for him. I was happy yeah. for him. Tracy Cortez. Let's talk about that fight. I mean. I could talk about that all night. <laughs> I, you know, but that, that, <laughs> she fought her ass off. She did, but you know, going into this, we talked mm -hmm. about, and we knew that you know Jasmine is a very good wrestler. We knew that Tracy's a good wrestler. So you're wondering, is it going to cancel each other out? It's going to end up on the feet. It really did for the most part, but the speed difference was the big difference in the fight. Tracy was a faster fighter. She got her shots off, and she was landing shots before Jasmine was able to get the counters to, to you know, come back and to 
land and have an effect on Tracy. Jasmine did a, a great job throughout that fight, fought tough as hell, and she took some good shots. Yeah. Man, she took some big shots and kept just marching forward. I, lo I, lo I loved it in the third round when she grabs the braid to land the knee. Hey, you know? And DC said, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. It's like, DC yes, would sir. <laughs> DC, DC would, would know. know. Let's talk about a little towel push down, uh, man. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, I thought she looked good, man. She did. I love the fact that she called her out on pulling the hair. Like, man, what are you yeah. doing? Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I know it gets, I know sometimes it'll happen. The glove or whatever will snag on it. Uh, I fought, uh, what was his name? Cajun Johnson. What's his name? Uh, yes. Yeah. Cajun Johnson. Yeah. I fought Cajun him. Johnson. Long before up in Canada, I fought him up in uh, there. And this guy had a, he had like a fro at the time. My fingers got stuck with the gloves and the tape and all that shit got. And he was yelling at me from the bottom as I was beating his face in. He was like, <laughs> come on, man. Pull my hair. I'm like, bro, your fucking hair is up in the gloves. And we was your, like, your hair is everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. It was getting in my mouth. It was getting in my gloves. It was anyways. It's not easy. It's not as easy as you think. Same thing happened okay. with when I fought Benson. Benson didn't have his hair tied back. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have told him to braid it. But um, it's like my mouth. I was on his back. It was in my mouth going down my throat. <laughs> Ugh, it was so gross. So gross. And I love Benson, but man, yeah. uh, it's just nasty. Oh, that's one of the things. When, when you do a Benson Henderson fight, mm -hmm. it is absolute. You're gonna, there, you see his hair all yeah. over because it comes in because it's yeah. coming out. It's coming out. Like, Yep, it does. Yeah, I mean, I had there was one moment I think in round three or f three or four, I think it was three, and I come back to the to the uh, corner and I've got like pieces of his like like a chunk of hair in oh, his yeah. in my glove. Yeah. It must have got attached to like the the tape or something. It yanked and it pulled his hair out. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy to fight someone with, and she had braids in, but still. Uh, but Tracy, she looked good after a year, year and a half off. I thought she looked Gotta good. Got to give her credit. She actually looked better. And I think even though you said like she's a good wrestler and you thought maybe the speed, I thought it was the power that made the difference. She moved her head offline and every time she landed, it was almost like the, the Alexa Grosso fight. She had that every time she landed, uh, Jasmine had to take a step back and it just, it looked like she, Tracy had the more powerful shots. She was, uh, she had the cleaner boxing when you got inside that phone booth, not a phone book, phone booth. When she got inside <laughs> that phone booth, she had the cleaner boxing. And I love what she was doing. She had, she had, she did a good job. She needs to get the cardio. I think the first, this was her first fight back after a year and a half. Get that, that fight pace back. You're going to have to get into that third round with a little bit better cardio. She was breathing pretty heavy in that third round. Yeah, she got tired. Both of them were. Both of them were. Both of them. She, yeah. But ja Jasmine was pushing through it better yeah, than Tracy was. She, she started was. to take control in that fight. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, what'd you think of the decision? Did you think Tracy won? I did. You did, yeah. I thought I, I thought it was close, but I gave it to Tracy. I thought she she won. thought it was close too. I thought Tracy landed the harder shots. Yep, you know I agree with you. I agree, yeah. but uh, yeah, overall uh, between Tracy and Charlie, man, I thought that was a, it was good back and forth battles. But I thought Charlie had a great performance with the knockout. Good for him, man. Proud of yeah, him. Yeah, very good. And He's, a beautiful job on the mic. I love what he did. He even had because <laughs> Cormier was answering him. That was mm -hmm. the best. I felt bad for Jay because he says, you know, what did you think? And so Cormier's going, well, I thought you. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you <laughs> thought. It was great. <laughs> I thought it was great. And DC is a total nerd for the WWE. Oh yeah, no, he's he, a nerd. He bought he bought into it perfectly yeah. and stuff. It was great. No, him and uh, him and King Mo. Uh, there's a couple other guys. That, oh, this guy named Podcast Dave. All nerds. Yeah. All nerds for the uh, for the WWE. Rampage. Yeah, Rampage. Very true. Rampage. 
All right, guys. Hey, that's gonna wrap up our UFC talk. Let's go ahead and jump right into the man. We spent an hour breaking that fight down. <laughs> hey, did you see that Sam Alvey got a knockout in karate combat? Did he? Yes, he did. Good After for him. pulling a Dan Cormier with the weigh-in, oh, I was like, he? "Oh my God! Look at him! Hey. He's cheating like a son bitch." Not all commissions are equal. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Hey, before we work up, we're going to move on to some news and, and talk about the Bellator card 301 being announced and the fight card is stacked. And But before we do that, let's go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. And um, hey, any fighters, if you guys are out there listening to us and you guys are interested in getting, in, getting on to OnlyFans, go ahead and reach out to us. Hit us up in my DMs on my uh, on my social media, at the real punk on on Instagram and also uh, at the real punk on Twitter. So hit me up on both locations. Hit me up in the DMs if you guys are interested in trying to uh, make some money. Slide into his DMs. Slide into my DMs. If you guys are trying to make some money on OnlyFans, hit me up. Let me make you guys and let me get you guys connected with the right people to help you guys get on that platform and start bringing in a little bit extra revenue at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. All right, let's talk about you. Uh, Bellator 301 was announced. This will be in Chicago, one of my favorite arenas. One of my favorite arenas. Absolutely amazing. It is awesome. What a great arena. And uh, I'm looking forward to this fight. This is probably one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most is this fight. Go ahead. Boom. The champ, the undefeated, Yaroslav Amazov, the guy that uh, everyone in American Top Team will tell you there is no doubt that they believe he is the best welterweight fighter in the world. Taking on Jason Jackson. And this is, it's kind of one of those, uh, Jason Jackson is with, Killcliffe FC, who used to be, you know, Sanford, who used to be Hard Knocks, who used to be the Black Zillions. And so you have ATT versus the Black Zillions once again, almost like they had the ultimate fighter thing. Well, you missed the uh, 360, Hard Knocks 360. I said Hard Knocks. Oh, you said Hard Knocks. Okay. I said Hard Knocks. But look at Jason Jackson. He's got the same build as Amazon. Long, tall, good wrestling. Good stand-up. These guys are going to match up well. This should be a great fight. John, I, I said this before. I think if there's going to be a guy that gives Amosov the most problems, it's going to be Jason Jackson. It's the way that Jason Jackson's fight. He fights a little reckless, makes mistakes, but he fights aggressive, and he lets it go. The kicks, the hands, he will wrestle you. His first, his first love was wrestling. Yeah. Now, he doesn't have the wrestling of a Logan Storley, but he's got better stand-up than Logan. Logan's come a long way in his stand-up, but Jason Jackson's longer. He utilizes the kicks better. He knows how to get into the clinch and use the knees and the elbows. I mean, this is going to be a more of a dangerous fight, not to take anything away from Logan Storley. In the first fight, Amosov wasn't prepared for how good Logan Storley was on the ground and how much better his stand-up had got a little bit and was getting hit a little bit on the feet. And he made those adjustments as, as after he went away to the war or during the war in Ukraine and Russia. He comes back, comes back on fire, Beautiful performance over Logan Storley. Jason Jackson has just been knocking him down as they put him in front of him. He's he's exciting. He's fun to watch. He's got the speed with the he's got the power with the hands, the speed with the hands, great kicks, and he will take you down, control the top position, and he will sprawl and brawl. So this makes for a very, very fucking good fight. A very good fight. I'm excited for this fight. I said this a while ago. The out of all the guys in that welterweight division, I felt like Logan was probably the guy that would give Amosov the biggest fits. Which he did in the, after watching their first fight. But I think Jason Jackson's probably the number two guy. 
Can you pull up the Bellator rankings? I mean, I really believe that Jason just has the style to potentially give uh, Amosov his first loss. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do it. I mean, until the guy gets beat, I can't go against him. But, um, yeah, you look at Logan Sturridge. Michael Page is probably leaving, going to the UFC, which is good for him. Happy for him because it's a good opportunity towards this stage of his career to go out there and try and uh, and test himself see and see he where he's do. at. Yeah, see what he wants to do. Everyone kept talking about it. I'm surprised. Korshkov, I think, would be a great fight against Amosov as well. A little bit of the wrestling, got the stand-up. He's explosive. But the rest of those guys down there, I don't know. None of those guys, I think, will match up. None of those guys will give. I mean, Larkin, maybe. It's Larkin down with Larkin. Someone. Yeah. It's up and down with Larkin. You know, he wins one, loses one, he wins two. You know, he's 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 good. He's very good. He's just coming off of a uh, loss. He just lost, lost to uh, Korshkov. Korshkov, that's right. So Korshkov, though, uh, um, absolutely amazing. Anyways, all right, what was the other card? This card's stacked. So you've got who else on this card? Oh, come on. Who else? Yeah. You've got Pettis against Patchy Mix mm -hmm. for the Bantamweight title. you got Sergio Pettis, who was out for so long with a knee injury after winning the title, and then he comes back and he beats Patricio Pitbull in a beautiful performance. Patchy Mix went on and entered the uh, Bantamweight World Grand Prix, walked away from that just looking fantastic, went the distance with Horaguchi, but just dominated him, then went and submitted Magomed Magomedov as the first person to ever do that, and then knocked out Rafian Stotts with a beautiful knee. Just looked fantastic throughout that entire Grand Prix. Well, he's the interim champion, you know, Dave, interim. But who's the <laughs> champion? Pettis is the champion. Oh, and Patchy okay. Mix is looking to get that undisputed title. This is a fantastic matchup. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this fight a lot. Uh, it really comes down to who can implement their game plan. If Patchy Mix can get this fight to the ground, I mean, not, not that he can't do damage on the feet. He can but, I mean, obviously, he's, I think, leaps and bounds better than Pettis on the ground. And Pettis, I think, is going to have slick movement, the way he lets his combinations go, all of those things. Where I look at this fight having a little uh, is kind of the Rafian Stotts and kind of the Corey Sanhagen with Frankie Edgar. It's the height, man, the height of Patchy Mix, that knee coming up the middle. If Pettis drops his head at all, if he oh, just, yeah, you're, you're right there. You're right there. So if you like to lean in and just step with the lead foot and leave the back foot behind, you're dipping your head at the same time. So when he throws that jab or he throws a right hand, if he's got to reach for it at all, his head will automatically dip, which puts you right into that knee range. We saw that with uh, with Rafian Stotts when he got knocked out by Mix. This is a good fight. I'm excited for this fight. It is. Then you also have A.J. McKee against Sydney Outlaw. Interesting fight. Yeah. Sydney Outlaw coming off of a nice win. Patricky Pitbull going up against Alexander Shabley. That is in the lightweight Grand Prix. That's a hell of a matchup. Shabley is a sniper. Patricky's got huge power, big knockout artist. That's a great, great matchup, too. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that as well. Shabley and, and uh, Pitbull, that's going to be a great fight. Great fight. I mean, these two guys are going to slug it out. Yep, Shabli, I think, has got a little Someone's bit more. Someone's going to sleep. Yeah, Shabli's got a little cleaner striking, clean in and out, sniper-type fighter. And Patricky's going to yeah, Patricky's gonna let the hands go and hit with the with some big shots. Rafael Stotts versus Danny Sabatello, part two. Part two. 
What do you think? I love that rematch. I think yeah, it's great. I think so I think it is a great yeah, rematch. Did you see Sabatello training with Sunshine? Yeah. <laughs> he took him down. I thought it was great. <laughs> I mean, I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. Uh, you got a room full of guys. Sunshine being just the unbelievable Muay Thai guy that can just do it all. Takes on anybody of any size. Danny Sabatello, he gets hit with a kick. Danny Sabatello drops down. Whoop. Double leg, put him on his ass. <laughs> good job, Daddy. <laughs> Man, this car is pretty stacked. I'm looking forward. You got, um, you've got you uh, got Timur uh, Kizriev versus Kizriev Justin Gonzalez. Justin Gonzalez. That should fight. be a good fight. And then you've got uh, Mike Hamill, who's always fun to watch against Tim Wilde. Tim Wilde, great who's fight. always fun to watch. Who, what's the first two fights on there, Dave? And then, oh, so, uh, Unaba versus Denise Kilholtz. Yep. Yeah. Oof. You that actually sent a, a thing out on that. That's, that's a good one. That's, that's a, two snipers. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Look that's at a tough Sumiko fight. Inaba Inaba. has turned into, I don't know, man. You take a look at her fight against Vita Ortega. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she was so accurate, so good in the standup. Her footwork was beautiful. She just picked Vita apart. And Vita kept coming after her and mm -hmm. stuff. Look, Vita's been in there with Denise and got a win. So, this is an interesting matchup. I think it's going to end up obviously being a strikers, you know, battle. But this is this is an interesting fight. That's tough because Samika she is hittable, and yeah. Denise's got Denise some power, got, and Denise's got some snap. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a good fight. We'll see. I mean, this is a big step up in competition for Anaba. Big step up. What's Anaba? Six and zero. Yeah, six and zero. And then Denise is seven and five. But but that that entire card is just. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Pumped. Pumped for them all. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and talk about something else. We got Kayla Harrison versus Julia Budd. About In time Kayla's coming back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like she was promised a little something, something. Yeah, hey. something, something. Yeah, hey, something, if you something. stick around, if you stick something, around, something. we got some money for you, and we got uh, we got some top-level top level fighters coming your way, so we're going to, we'd like to hang on to you. So we're going to find out. We're going to see exactly... Uh, it's a good fight for her. I think Julia Budd is is not who she used to be. She's getting a little bit older in age, what, 41? She's got to yep. pull the trigger more, that's all. You know, she's good in the clinch. She's got to pull the trigger more. And uh, don't be afraid to utilize your wrestling. You be on top. You do the work. You know, um, I think I think she could take Kayla Harrison down. I'm not saying she could throw her or anything. I'm saying that she could that, probably, she might be able to get her down. If she does get her down, and her being on top is, is beneficial. Uh, on the feet, I think she's got the advantage for sure, but... She's got to let her hands go. Just yeah, like she got to let her hands go. If you don't, if you don't pull the trigger, you you can't knock someone out. That's and so it. that's been that's been the mo on her for the last like probably you know five or four six or five fights, fights, four or five fights. Yeah, she's got to pull the trigger. That's all. She's talented. Yep. We all know that she's talented. She's just got to pull the trigger. She's a like, physical specimen. Both of them are. Yeah. As far as you know, athletes. Just both of them are incredible. But Julia needs to just put it in her head. I just need to go after you. Yep. If she goes after. Her, she can make this a great fight. I think with Kayla, like Julia's got to be careful. Just she's got to be careful in how she approaches. She's got to throw, land, and then throw again. She can't just rush in with shots. She had a tendency sometimes to like walk forward with one twos. That's gonna. I mean, if Kayla will just dip underneath, get to the body lock, look to take you down. Yeah. You know, um, that's not where you want to be. Kayla Harrison is. She's good, man. She's good. 
So um, she's got to stay out of that out of that position. She, I think, this time away has probably rejuvenated her a little bit. It's been good for her. Yeah, taking this season off, I think, I was like, okay, you know what? All right, I'm ready to get back to making money. Well, <laughs> the thing that the thing that's unusual when you look at it that I look, you know, it says at featherweight. So that means Kayla is coming down to 145. Good. So that's exactly what well, you know. I think needs to be done. You know, there's so many more, you know, opportunities for good matchups at featherweight than we're ever going to see at lightweight. So yeah, there's not there's not a lot either at featherweight. So, but there's still better ones than so at a lot, lot less, lot, lot less at lightweight though. Well, this this gives me hope, John, that what they're going to do, they've got rid of the 55 pound division, I believe, for the lightweights, females, correct? And now it's 45. Right now, yes, it's 45. Okay, so it's 45. Kayla, her biggest gripe, from what I understand, was that she just didn't want to do the 45 and she be in couldn't. the tournament. She just yeah, was like, this she, is, I'm not she, doing she that. She couldn't lose weight that many times. Like yeah, that. that many times. Like, I don't want to do that to my body. I know it's good for my health. I'm not doing that. Yep. So now. Which is smart. Now, yeah, now with like the potential buy of, of Bellator, maybe some of the fighters coming over. Now, if it makes me feel like they're going to start leaning towards, you know, doing these, these matches like this, where it's uh, not in the tournament. And you're going to see more of a traditional style of a promotion and fight. I think it's beautiful, man. I think it's a great opportunity if you know if fight, the female fighters come over and you have her there and she's ready to make 45 she can make 45 she's fought at 45 and she's yeah. good so like it, it makes sense it does make sense good for her good for them they, this is gonna be a good fight i'm looking forward to it this is a pflw yeah didn't they just come out with that pflw yeah they, they came out with this whole thing pflw what's that for women i guess oh wow all right it's still a pfl <laughs> yes it is <laughs> alright next what else you got for us Dave uh, so apparently Derek Brunson was released from UFC Ali came out and let us know about that um, and Derek Brunson is now calling for a Jake Paul fight <laughs> curious on your thoughts I mean another wrestler turned boxer my thoughts like, yeah let's see what happens my thoughts is Derek if it's an MMA fight go ahead if it's a boxing fight don't he's going to beat you in boxing Stop, John. I think I think we're past all this. Like where they these fighters that get released and they're gonna they don't care. They want to just make the biggest payday they can make. And if it means fighting Jake Paul, that means fighting Jake Paul. That's it. I don't think Jake Paul's gonna fight him. Derek Brunson never had. I mean, he had he has a big name in MMA. I think he has a good name, um, but he never was a world champ. Neither was Nate Diaz, but Nate Diaz's name is huge. Okay, so big, um, di big difference. Big difference. Gonna go big to difference. So I don't see Jake taking the fight either. So it no. doesn't. Uh, but uh, but I, I like the call out. Whatever. If you're there to make the money, make the money. And if you can get a fight with Jake Paul, get after it. Make the money. That's it. Do it. The part that I don't understand is <clears throat> he was released with the UFC. But if you look at the the headline on this thing, it says, "Oh, he wants a tune-up fight against Jake Paul. Otherwise, he'll wait for Adesanya versus Whitaker. Winner? What the hell's that? I don't know." I don't know. Makes no sense. <laughs> I have no idea. But then again, I look at it, it says on September 5th, 2021. So Dave's got something on there that's three years old. Oh. Two no, years September 14th, 2023, right there. No, excuse me. By Damon Martin. Take a look up above, right underneath the actual headline. But I think September 5th, 2021, 8 a.m. I don't see the 8 a.m. 
Oh my god. Oh, right there, right below Whitaker winner. I don't even have my glasses on, Dave, oh. and I can see it. <laughs> oh, 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 underneath that. That's just a, that's just um Derek That's Brunson's when that came out. No, but that's what he posted, John. That's his that's from his Twitter from Derek Bronson's. Yes, because he, that's, that's when that whole thing came out against talking about the Adesanya versus Whitaker winner. No, that's when he he just took that screenshot. Brunson the statement. The, the statement oh, by yes, Derek Brunson, yes. the first one, yes. came out in 2021. That's when he first put out, hey, I'll fight Jake Paul. Thanks and for then clarifying. now he's saying, now he's released, hey, Jake, Jake, I've got already called it. you out before. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. They got complicated clear, real quick. Glad you cleared that up, John. Yeah. Boy, I'm not. <laughs> you complicated. Um, <laughs> all right, last one I've got for you guys. Did you guys get a chance to catch Dana White on Piers Morgan at all? Um, it was quite yes. an interesting interview. There were some interesting things on there. John, the one thing I would love to get your take on is he talked about, um, he kind of clarified on, remember when he said uh, no female uh, no females in MMA like 10 years ago whenever he, he he gave some clarity to that which I thought was interesting where he said he said something like um you just got like at the time you need to realize that we were having a hard enough time getting the sport recognized as it was and so the idea of putting females in the sport was um was uh you know just something that we didn't want to take on because it was already hard enough getting men getting people to agree that men could compete in this because at the time John McCain was calling it co uh, human cockfighting. Um, I thought it was an interesting piece of information that, you know, 10 years ago might have added some good color to it. But what do you guys think? I, I'm going to tell you right now, I did watch it. It, it, it cracks me up, Josh, because everyone says, you know, oh, John takes shots at Dana. No, I don't. If I think Dana's right, I say I, I agree with Dana White. If I think Dana's wrong, I say I don't agree with him. It's just my opinion on what he does. And, you know, look, at times he's just being a promoter. And I'm going to be honest about it. He's being a promoter. He's not being honest with what he's saying. I did watch this interview. And I want to tell you that I thought that Dana was great at it. I thought he was fantastic in it. I thought he was honest. I thought, you know, some of the stuff he said was, you know, tough to listen to as far as it was heartfelt in, in ways and, uh, he talked about his parents dying and that he didn't mm -hmm. really didn't have any feelings about it. And I saw and that. I part. understand. I understand why, you know, and uh, I thought he talked about the sport and the McCain thing a little bit. See, and he was God damn, you know, see, and this is what has always gotten me to where I get mad at him because I don't hate Dana. I like Dana. There's things about Dana that I know that, you know, that I look and I go, why are you? Why are you that way? But you know, everyone's going to have their thing. Yeah. Okay. And and if 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 every if I was going to sit here and tell people, they would go, no. <laughs> yeah. See. <laughs> but if you know, but look, I want to say I think as a father, I think he does. He's he's great with his kids. His kids are the most important thing to him. Yes, he had the thing with his wife, and it was wrong. I'm just going to say that. But you know, they dealt with it the way that they you know, uh, yeah. felt was the best way to deal with it. And he's, he's moved on from it. She's moved on from it. That's great. I thought that, you know, many times what has gotten me in trouble with Dana is Josh, I was there from the beginning. Okay. Before there was the sport 
I know everything that happened. I know who created things and stuff. I was listening to Tito Ortiz the other day on a thing talking about how he created the gloves for the, for, for the UFC in Iwano. And I'm like, well, you here, do you want John Iwano's number? And we'll see who really fucking did the work with John Iwano. But whatever, okay. People are going to come up and history, they create their own history. And it was one of the things that bothered me about Dana was Dana was rewriting history because when people didn't know, he would just insert his form of, well, you know, we did this and we did that. And it was like, no, you didn't. This is who did that. And you can only go so many times where, you know, you say, all right, you're just going to lie about it. He was honest in this thing. He was so honest. He talked about, well, John McCain was before that, you know, we were really, I was really part of the sport. He's right. And that, and I love the fact, you know, he wants to sit there and say, you know, he kind of did us a favor because, you know, his big thing is he wanted to, you know, just, you know, get this regulated. Eh, okay. Now, from Dana's point, I can understand why he says that, but that's not completely mm -hmm. the story is, you know, I can tell you the story with John McCain, but he was honest about everything that he said in this thing. And I, and I loved him for it. I thought he was great. And I thought, you know, he, he brought the guy on about his health and stuff like that. But this interview was the best interview I've ever seen Dana do because it was absolutely, he wasn't trying to, to you know, inflate anything. He wasn't trying to put it, he was being as honest and he was being, you know, I thought Pierce at times was getting a little bit into his life that, you know, he did not want to share, mm -hmm. but he, but he was, and I thought he did a great job with it. And I thought it was fantastic as far as the way he came off. I mean, I, all I saw was the part with his parents. There was a short clip of that running around and uh, yeah. someone sent it to me and um, I can relate, you yeah. know, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not an easy thing. Like I said, most of us fighters or people that work in the fight industry, uh, we haven't had the best relationship either with parents or family or just in life. And um, for you to go on national television, you know, and um and say the things that he did i mean he's got some inner demons that he's trying to let out well and, and some people are going to think he's heartless for that that oh you know i didn't really feel anything it's he's yeah. not you know you, you got to understand it not everyone has that mom you know or dad that you know they look at and go you know my, my mom's the most important person in the world i you know you know that that doesn't happen for everyone mm -hmm. i wish it did yeah I wish it did, but it doesn't. Yep. I mean, that's why I think that this day and age, I mean, you'll see me on social media several times, just pushing the, uh, pushing being present as a, as a father, being present as a parent is the most yep. important thing. You don't need to drive and push your children. You just got to make sure you're there for them, whether it's to point them in the right direction. You don't need let to them know you love them. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, man. And just being, just being present. Nothing more important than standing there making sure that your kid knows that you're on the sideline watching them play, whatever sport it is, or, you know, just being available for them. That's it. The rest of it will all happen in its own way. Do the best for them as you can. You know, um, that's it. I understand where he's coming from. Um, <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's not an easy thing to talk about, especially in front of millions of people on, on a Pierce Morgan show. And you know, it's going to be sent around to another 50 million people, you know, probably yep. by the, the next year. So, um, but in terms of what David brought up to you with the females MMA, 
I didn't even oh, consider yeah. that. I didn't consider that though. That oh, yeah, it yeah. kind of wasn't he, the right time. No, he was absolutely being honest. Like, like I said, everything that he talked about, he was honest. And it was, you know, forever. Dana said, no, there will never be women in the UFC. No, there were. And that's because people, I mean, if you understood the battles and all the pettiness that went along yeah. with things and how things occurred, yeah, you know, it, in his mind, there was not going to be women's MMA because he, he knew that, you know, look, he was in charge of, you know, the leader of, you know, what the media would go to because anything that happened and this is what you have to understand anything that happened in the sport of mma came out in the media if something bad happened would come out in the media and the three letters attached to it was ufc mm. even though it didn't happen in the ufc but ufc fighter wasn't a ufc fighter but they got attached with it a, a fight happens where someone gets hurt something bad happens ufc and so he had to deal with those and so it was like man i'm not even going to do this with women and it was part of hey i got enough problems just with people accepting men fighting right. on the ground and, and this goes all the way <laughs> josh back at ufc 21 was in iowa and after the show i went to dinner with a man named lorenzo fertita Glenn Carano, okay, who was Gina Carano's dad, Flip Homansky, who was the medical advisor in Nevada at the time. And there was another gentleman, I can't even think of his name, but he was just there. But, you know, and one of the things that, you know, Lorenzo Fertitta, all, all of those guys were with the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Lorenzo Fertitta was at the time, Glenn Carano was. He, Lorenzo wasn't looking to buy the USC. We were trying to get Nevada to look at regulating us to get you know, regulation and be able to go to Nevada and, and fight in Vegas. And, you know, one of the things that Lorenzo said at the time, you know, during that dinner was, look, I have a real problem with a guy punching someone while he's on the ground. And so I had to try to explain to him. And I, and I used John Wayne as, you know, as my, you know, look, you've watched, you know, a ton of movies. And Hollywood, you know, basically dictates what's a fair fight and what's dirty. I go, and so you've watched John. I said, when John Wayne gets into a fight in a Western, I said, John Wayne hits the guy, boom, hits him with the right hand. The guy goes down. John Wayne doesn't jump, jump on top of him, mount him, and start hitting him with elbows. I go, he would be smart if he did. I said, John Wayne picks that guy, grabs him, picks him up, stands him up, and hits him and knocks him down again. And he goes, Yeah. <laughs> And I go, that's not real fighting. That's Hollywood, you know, and, and, and this is how it started, you know? And so that's the way, you know, that was the perception of a guy that ends up buying the UFC. Okay. These were the things that you had to get through. And Dana was being just completely honest with, hey, you know, I, I didn't think we would have women, but we, we do. And they're fantastic. And I thought best interview I've ever seen. And the most honest interview I've ever seen with Dana White. Fantastic job. Good. I'm going to have to go back through. I'm going to have to go and listen to the whole thing. So go back and listen to it. But, um, yeah, there's a lot, man. There's a lot of history in, the, in this sport that people didn't realize they had to jump through to get to, to where we were, the regulations, state to state. you got to think. What was it, 2016, 16, 17? That New York was the last state to, to legalize it. What year was that? 
New York was 2016, I want to say. 2015, like 2016, yeah. Think about how far, since 93 to now, it took them that long to New York to jump on the bandwagon. The rest of the states had already all done it. Well, but, but hold on. Okay, see, now look, let's go back. New York was one of the states that I was doing fights in for the UFC and was one of the first to legalize it. Hmm. People don't know that. And they went but, away from it? Well, again, you have different personalities uh, and different organizations. And the union. The UFC had made a deal with the government, mm -hmm. but the UFC was one promotion while Extreme Fighting Battlecade was another. And Extreme Fighting <clears throat> Battlecade says, we don't have to follow. We didn't make a deal with you. We're going here. And so as soon as they legalized it, then they tried, they, they made it illegal. Mm. So a lot, a lot happens. Wow. Well, guys, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Sunday afternoon watching my Chiefs spank the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got to get a win. We are 0-1 <laughs> after losing last week <laughs> to <say>. Detroit. <laughs> but hey, man, we didn't have Travis Kelsey. We didn't have Chris Jones. Both of them now are back this game. Chris Jones makes a, big a nice contract, make a big money, make a big difference. And having Travis Kelsey makes a huge difference. So we're not dropping balls and having pick sixes and shit. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's going to be the quarterbacks of Jacksonville. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Man, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But hey, Chiefs getting on today. I can't wait to watch that game. So everybody else, go to WayneAndMerch.com. Thank you guys so much. WayneAndMerch.com. Pick up some of our merch available over there. It is getting to become sweater season. Even here in Texas, it was 78 degrees yesterday. It was beautiful. Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, pick up hoodies. We've got some hoodies, some sweatshirts, and sweaters. Sweaters? And um, Not sweat sweaters. And sweatshirts. 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 Okay, there you go. Damn. Yeah. Whatever. Phone the, books. The, the sweaters. Stuff that keeps phone My books. God. Phone books. <laughs> Whatever it is keeps you warm. Also go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. Thank you guys so much. And John, take us away, buddy. Hey, I hope everyone enjoyed Noche UFC. Like I, John, I Dave, say it. Say it, Dave. Don't say Say it the way you normally say it. Nacho. 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 I can understand why he says Nacho. But whatever. For everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. We'll, we will see you.